by you burying the CTA, you are actually keeping people from information that they need to make a decision, right? And so we're in the business of serving people. If we really want to serve people, we've got to give them multiple ways to take action on our things or else they're going to miss it. This is not your average business podcast because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we're excited to get you one step further than you are today. Friends, we are so excited for this one. We have my friend and copywriting extraordinaire on the podcast today, Kate Dramus. Kate is the owner of 23 North & Co. and has helped some of the top online experts and personal brand businesses in the industry nail their messaging and copy. I've worked with Kate on multi-six and seven-figure launches, and her copy is so good at really captivating the essence of the person's brand and getting the reader to decide that they want to buy. So Kate, just before we dive into all the questions, how did you get into copywriting and what makes you so passionate about it? So I actually stumbled into it like very randomly. I did not know that it was a career. I was fresh out of school looking for a job and I found a marketing agency that I loved and they had a position for a copywriter and I've always been a writer. And I was like, wait, wait, you're going to pay me to write things? Yes. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Isn't that funny how sometimes we do just stumble into these things that were meant to happen. I've always been a writer too. So I'm so interested in this episode because I know we have people listening and they feel like they're not, they feel like they're just not a good writer. They're super intimidated to get started. So today I want to debunk the myth that a person is just not a good writer because I know at 23 North and co you have plug and play templates and step-by-step trainings to help get people headed in the right direction and to feel more confident. So Kate speak to them. <laughs> yes. So this is actually something that I like believe in my core. And it's one of the things that we've really built our company around is that anybody can write copy with the right training, with the right steps, you can definitely write in a way that inspires people to take action. And I actually think that everybody should learn how to write copy before they ever outsource it. Because really what you're doing when you're copywriting is you're communicating your brand's message and vision. And no one knows that better than you as the owner of the business, right? As you as the lead person who's putting that vision out into the world. And so really it's not about having to be this amazing writer. It's about learning how to communicate with your audience in a way that's clear and helps them make a decision, which when you think about it that way, it really takes writing off the table. It's about communication. That is so true. And I totally agree with what you just said about how everyone should learn copy first. It can be one of those things that people 
decide to outsource because it can be intimidating. But like you said, it is like the heart of the brand. And it's really the heart of any digital business is understanding the copywriting because it's in our Facebook ads, it's in our blog posts, it's in our sales emails, it's on our website, it's everywhere. And I have just learned so much from you on what makes good copy, good copy. And I know all of your students in Copy That Converts have also learned so much from you. And really... I learned this, that the great messaging starts with who you are, what you stand for, and why you found yourself on this business journey in the first place. So really kind of like the origin of what makes you special and why are you on this path? And it sounds like people really need to connect with their core values before they even get started with effective messaging. So if you have a new client who comes to work with you, do you work with them to kind of get really clear on what their values are? Or are there any prompts that you could give our listeners? Like, Where do they start with that kind of in mind? Yeah. So it's one of the first things we do. And if you don't have a very great idea, I'll say, of what your values are and what your business really stands for. We either take you through that exercise or we ask you to go do it yourself and then come back to us. It's one of the first questions we ask on our intake survey whenever we're even thinking about working with someone. And a few questions that we bring people through are things like, why did you get started in the first place? Why do you help the people that you help? Why is your solution around? Why are you passionate about what you do? So like for me, I love copywriting because I love helping people own their voice in the online space. It's less about helping people, you know, learn how to write a headline and more about helping people get their message out there because they're so passionate about what they're doing. So we want to help our clients connect to their vision in the same way, right? What is their true North? Why did they get started? Why do they help the people they do? And so if you're someone who's trying to figure that out for your own business, you can just ask yourself those questions, right? Why do I help the niche that I serve? Why did I focus on this course or program or solution? Why is it important to me to continue to do this work, especially with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, right? Like, why is it important to you to be on that roller coaster and put in this work to serve these people? Mm, So much in that answer. And another thing that we find is that what you do is you help people make sure that they are in alignment. So their messaging should feel like them. Their copy should feel like them. So what are your biggest tips for people so that they can lean in to who they are, how they write, how they talk? And so it feels like their business, not like someone else is talking. Yes, I am obsessed with this question. I have so many opinions on this. I think the easiest way to do this is honestly, and it sounds so simple, but it's to read your copy out loud. Because a lot of times when I'm coaching someone through their content, they'll be going through their sales page or their email and they'll say something like, it's just sounding off. And they'll start to read it to me. And all of a sudden it sounds like a robot and they're like, wait, I don't actually talk that way. And so I think a really easy way to get over this hump is to say, okay, if I were talking to a friend, how would I say this? Or also just ask yourself, you know, how would I say it in general? A lot of times people come to us and they say, Hey, you know, I want to say this thing to my audience, but how do I say it? And I just say, well, you say it the way you just said it to me, right? You know, these things, you know how to communicate them. I think where people get hung up is they try to focus on the right way and they get completely out of alignment with how they show up. So reading your copy aloud, speaking like you speak to a friend, just saying the thing you want to say, it all sounds so basic, but it's so powerful. 
Okay. So you write a caption, let's just say an Instagram caption. One of the best things you can do is read it out loud and make sure it sounds like you would say it so that people can really connect to you and who you are. Yes, that's so true. And one tip that I love doing too is using voice memos. So if I'm like out walking or thinking of a blog post or an Instagram post or something like that, like I actually might speak it to kind of see how I talk in a written form that can be so powerful to actually transcribe that. And, you know, it is interesting because I, I've noticed a lot of people who come from a corporate setting and this was me five years ago, came from a corporate setting and then started to have to write copy for a personal brand business. And I used to use like my corporate tone, you know, like follow up and like circle we'll back. Circle back. Circle right. Back. And it was yes. just like so bland. Like it's like a robot could have written that copy. And so I've noticed that when a lot of people like step into a personal brand business, it's like they almost have to reconnect with themselves because we've been taught that we have to kind of have this one tone in our writing. That's what's really cool about copywriting in general. It's almost like rediscovering yourself. Like, how do I talk? What makes me unique? Like outside of my passions and interests, like there's so many little nuances to how people speak that when you read an email from, let's just say Kate, like I could open it up and be like, that's from Kate without even seeing that it's from you. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's so funny because like this way of writing, we're not taught to write like ourselves, like ever, even think about in school, like you're taught not to use contractions. I will never forget my first job as a copywriter, my boss telling me to add more contractions. He was like, you can use those here. You know, like this is a different way of writing. Yeah. I think it's like, it's really going back to it's how do you express yourself? Copywriting is really just self-expression and then tweaking it to communicate more clearly. And I think that makes it so exciting to your point, Kat, like you get to rediscover how you share yourself with the world. So for some people who are hearing this and they're excited to like get back on the writing bandwagon or just start in the first place. So let's say they're lit up after this episode, they sit down and they have that blinking cursor, this analysis paralysis, all of a sudden that kicks in when it's just like, let's start. So let's get really tactical in this part of the interview. What are some of your favorite prompts that people can use? Let's just say, for example, for writing an Instagram post to get going. Mm, I love this. So a few things that I like to pull from is one, like looking at your overall brand messaging, right? So like understanding who you are and what you stand for and how you help people and what you talk about in your niche, but also stepping away from just the simple how-to content, which is a really great place to start. So if you have no ideas of what to share with people, sharing a simple tip or trick, something that you think is incredibly simple is mind-blowing for someone else, right? Like I can't tell you how many people when we tell them to read their copy aloud, it's one of our best performing pieces of content on Instagram because people are like, Oh my gosh, I never thought about that. So starting there with tips and tricks is really helpful, but also looking at like a story or an experience you had that you correlated back to a business lesson or even a life lesson, just sharing with your audience in terms of what you're experiencing, what you're going through, what's happening inside your head. What's the behind the scenes of your business looking like? What is something that you overcame this week that you're proud of? What is something you're facing next week that you're a little scared about? All of these things are things that you can share with your audience to continue to build relationships with them. So I think anything that you can think of when you're sitting down to write a caption, that's going to answer the question of how can I get closer to my audience and help my audience get to know me better is going to be brilliant copy. 
You know what works for me, Kate, is the fact that I feel most creative and I feel like my best writing happens in the morning. So often if I sit down, I can write like a few captions, a bunch of the stuff that you just said resonated with me. But if I wait until I want to post, it's nighttime, it's 7.30, I've just gotten my kids in bed. Nothing good is going to come out at that point because I'm not in the right mood to write. Do you have anything to say to that? Like, is there something that you do to get yourself ready to write? And what would you suggest for our audience? Yes, I would suggest that you find your most productive time. And I know that looks different for everybody. I'm a morning person too, in terms of writing. Like, no one wants to talk to me after 2 p.m. I'm no good to anybody. Like, there's nothing good coming out of me at that point. So I always write first thing in the morning. And I think having a plan is really, really powerful, especially because writing on demand, if it's not what you do all the time, can be very difficult. And that's where we tend to draw blanks because we haven't actually prepped. Whereas if you can tap into those times that you know you're going to be in flow, put some music on, set the mood, go sit somewhere that makes you feel inspired and knock out a few captions, a few emails all at once, you're going to feel so much better because you don't have that pressure on yourself to create. That is so true. I just got done writing nine emails for our launch, which haven't seen the light of day yet because we sold out so fast. (laughs) So probably (laughs) because, you know, part of it's our runway and maybe some good copy tips that I've gotten from you. But I had to have a day where I had no interruptions, no meetings, like meetings totally mess up my writing jam. Like I need to like be in silence, like just really set the mood and really batch. Like that's when it really just flows out of me and it feels like light and easy. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in the cycle of like doing stuff day of. And I think that's part of their problem is that it's just, it's always so forced. But if you can start to batch your writing a little bit, it can start to be a lot more fluid. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you the opportunity to make adjustments when you need them, right? So for example, in the case of a launch, if you're launching and you're writing all of your copy last minute, or you know, you're writing that cart open email the day that cart opens, you're actually not giving yourself the space to evaluate what your audience is saying and make adjustments in real time. You're adding so much pressure to yourself and you're not giving yourself the best chance to be as creative and clear and concise and amazing as possible. So giving yourself that space by batching and really carving out time to write is going to change everything. And that goes into like the intention. Like anytime you write, there's an intention behind it. So, you know, if you're sitting and rushing and just like, I got to get this thing done, like that intention is going to go into whatever you're writing versus like, okay, I'm writing this email. And my goal is that they really feel excited about this bonus that's expiring. And how can I really highlight this amazing offer? And just, you know, like, I feel like it's just so much easier to write then when you have that clear set intention. And that kind of brings me into my next point too, which is talking about storytelling, bringing your reader on this journey with you. I feel like writing, that's really like the core of what's at any copy. So could you talk about taking a customer on a journey when it comes to writing and how that's kind of included in your strategy? Absolutely. So that's one of the first things we do whenever we work with clients on launches is we look at what is the actual customer journey here. And you can do this on a macro level. So you can look at holistically 
through a launch, where are we taking our audience? What's the point A, which is where they're starting? And what's the point B, which is the end point that we'd like them to get to? But you can also look at this on a micro level, like in a simple Instagram caption, right? What is the story that you're telling? What's the journey we're bringing people on? By the time they get to the end of that post, where do you want your audience to be? Do you want them to be reflecting on something? Do you want them to be taking an action? Do you want them to be thinking about what's next for them? Where is that end point? And so what I always tell people is to get really clear on that point A and point B. Point A being usually for a lot of people, they're facing a problem, they're stuck in some situation, or they have a goal they really want to meet, but they're not sure how to get there. And point B being on the other side of that transformation that they want. If you can understand those two points, then you can start to see how to connect the dots to get your audience to that end state and that end goal that they're looking for. And that becomes the basis for all the content you create. So for example, when you're creating an email sequence, that's a journey. We're moving people throughout that point A to point B journey. And if you know that journey, you can actually map an intention for every email. And you're not sitting there saying, how do I say buy my program five different ways? That's a really interesting point for me. So, okay, at the end of all of the Instagram captions, end of emails, are you a person that always suggests a call to action, a CTA? Because I will share openly (laughs) that sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write such a good caption that people are just going to be moved to comment and I'm not going to add a CTA. But I want to know from the expert if that's a sound strategy. So I'm the person who says add a CTA if you want someone to take an explicit action. But if you're just sharing a thought and want authentic engagement, I think it's fine not to put a CTA in there. I think where people tend to get hung up, and this isn't the case of what you're talking about, but like I've talked to a lot of students who feel pushy and they don't want to keep Mm. adding a CTA. And like, you know, well, I've already put one in there yesterday, so I can't put one in there today. And I'm like, but you want people to take an action. You're inviting them to do something. We need to explicitly tell our people to do things. But I am not the person, like I never put like comment below. It's very rare that I do that. So I think that it really depends on what the overall goal is for the post. Yeah. See, that's really interesting too, because for me, my big aversion is I don't like when people are like, what's your favorite color? because I'm like, I literally don't care what their favorite color is. And I'm trying to build like these genuine, deep connections. We're trying to like go somewhere with these captions. So I don't like the simple CTAs that are just like, I don't think the person actually cares what you're saying. They just want that engagement. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think that goes to, you know, when you're writing a caption, that's really conversational, like a CTA could just be ending it with a question and people engaging, right? And an authentic and real question, not something like, what's your favorite color? But if it's going to read conversationally, people are naturally inclined to engage in something like that. That's true. It's real. Someone's put thought into it. It's a natural conversation versus those typical, I call them kind of sleazy and gross, honestly, copywriting tactics that are like, ew, I don't want to talk to you. And if you think about it, when you're talking to a friend, you're not like in a deep conversation and like respond to me. Like you're never going to say that to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I write like a caption, say it's about motherhood, it's like really coming from the heart. And then, you know, maybe I'm asking their thoughts on that subject as the writer too, especially when you're on social, 
care about their response. Like, I really want to hear what their experience is. And so I'm going to try to read each one and even respond to them because it's like, to me, that's like a genuine CTA call to action. I actually want the connection point. Totally. And you know what's so cool about this conversation is there's so many different types of copy. Like Amy is very well-versed, if you couldn't tell, in writing Instagram captions versus me. I'm very well-versed in writing email copy and understanding email marketing. And so as we're talking about CTAs, there's different strategies that you might use in an Instagram caption versus an email marketing, like if you're in a launch sequence. And so I loved what you were saying a little bit before about how some people think that it's being pushy because I remember when I first started writing email copy where I'm like, how many freaking links are we putting in here? You know what I mean? And I was like, um, yes. this is such a turnoff. Like, let's just like casually mention at the bottom, like, Hey, if you like this thing, click here. When it was like, okay, when I dove into the analytics of what makes copy good, and I'm talking like the metrics, not just like, of course it's, it all translates how someone feels right. But inside direct response, like email marketing, where you want someone to take action because you're selling a course or whatever it is, like you do want to have multiple CTAs in an email. Like you might have one further up. You might have one in the middle. You might have one in the PS for the people who scroll down. So can you talk about that and like how to even reframe if someone's like writing their first sales emails, if they're like, I'm just going to like casually mention this like teeny tiny at the bottom, like what are some good strategies for putting CTAs and how can you kind of reframe if you're like, this feels pushy? Yeah. So we always put one in the first, I would say like three lines of an email. If it's a sales email, like always, 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 that is our rule of thumb. And you can do it in a way that feels really natural, right? Like you can either just hyperlink the name of your offer and know that people can click through if they want more information. I like a really good aside in an email. So like, a, Hey, if you just want to skip to the details, go ahead and like hit the sales page here, right? Cause some people they're busy. And if we think about it this way, like if they're opening your email and they're reading through, chances are they're interested in what you have to offer. And by you burying the CTA, you are actually keeping people from information that they need to make a decision, right? And so we're in the business of serving people. If we really want to serve people, we've got to give them multiple ways to take action on our things or else they're going to miss it. I can't tell you how many people have come through programs and they're like, oh, I had no idea that this thing was even available. Like I had no idea you had enrollment open for this thing. I get students who say that all the time. And I'm like, well, where's your call to action? Where did you talk about it? And so we have to give people multiple opportunities. Yes, that's so true. And one thing that I learned about CTAs and emails is that you want to like limit how many CTAs that you have. So I remember when I first started writing, I would be like, if I was mentioning, let's say like Glennon Doyle's work, I'd like link her. And then I realized what we were doing there from a digital marketing perspective as I was pulling our reader off to a different website, taking them away from our content, taking away from what I wanted them to do, which was check out our program. And so like that's something that I really learned when you're writing a sales email, like you have to really keep that in mind. So in an email, do you suggest having like one clear call to action that you're linking multiple times or would you link to multiple offers or what's kind of like the strategy behind that? So I'm a big fan of having one clear call to action. So sending people to one place so it doesn't get overwhelming. I do like a light secondary call to action if there's another step that someone might take before they're ready to take that primary call to action. So an example of this is when we write sales emails, a lot of times we'll have the main call to action is obviously go visit the sales page. 
But the second call to action would be something like, if you have questions, reply to this email or call this number. So we're giving people a step in the journey and we're still going toward that end goal, but we're making sure that there's another place for people to go if they're not ready for that primary call to action. But definitely keeping it singular in your emails, one main call to action. And then also, this is something I see happen a lot on sales pages, is people will link like the rest of their website or the rest of their website navigation or their social media or some other thing. And they're actually sending people away from the main offer don't do that one call to action on the sales page. Oh, that is such good advice. And for the listeners and for Kate, did you guys just see how excited Kat got to talk about emails? Like when she gets so excited, she starts email marketing is so amazing. Like it's so powerful. She starts talking so fast and you can just hear it in her voice. How excited she is. One thing I wanted to point out that's coming up for me is that we're serving women here. Like most of our listeners are women. And I think what happens is that women get really shy about selling. A lot of them do. They feel bad. They feel like I can't do this many call to actions, you know, and it's really holding us back. So I want to know, Kate, how do you work through with people that feel like, they're always selling because all of us know it's like, that's not what we're doing. We're serving here. And all of us, the three of us are in the business of really helping people. Like we're super proud of our offers. And so I think that there's just some mindset coaching that needs to be done. Yeah. I see this a lot in our membership, to be honest with you, where we have a lot of clients who have been putting their copy out there and they're doing really great things that they come up against this resistance of, you know, I don't want to be salesy or I don't want to be pushy. And what it really boils down to for me is like, what people are you focusing on, right? Because anyone who's coming through, who wants to work with you, is interested in your content, they're not going to be the person who's saying something like, oh, you know, you're just selling too much or, oh, this is too much for me. The people who are saying that are not your people. And so it's really about where we decide to place our energy and our focus and at the end of the day, it is far more important that you help the people who are asking for your help, right? That you get in front of the people who might not even know you exist, that you send that one more sales email because someone might have missed it or might need that extra nudge to make a decision that could change their life. Then focusing on the one person who might say something like, oh my gosh, you've sold too much to me. And I think if we can reframe it and focus on the people who really need us, it becomes a lot less scary. That is so true. I mean, that's what this is. This whole business is we are in the business of service and in the business of helping people. And we do that through our offers. So I love that. And speaking of just like getting that person to come to the place where they can like get the solution that they need. One tip that I learned from you, Kate, I'm sharing all my tips, but they're all from Kate, is that when you're writing too, is like writing to that one person versus like, hey guys, hey, whole community. Hey, everyone who follows me on Instagram. It's like writing to that one soul that like really speaks to them as one person. And it's easy. Like when you said, when you get really clear on your why and who you're speaking to, that you can like imagine that one person that you're writing to can be so, so powerful. So one thing that I want to dive into, because I feel like in a personal brand business, like pursuing her purpose, which is one of those, is that people see 
our role, but there's so many supporting roles that are so vital to any business. Like for me, we've talked about my past role as integrator. Like you're a copywriter. You're kind of like a behind the scenes person that has their own business, but it's not like this front facing, you know, full on brand that sends sales emails and stuff like that. So I'm curious. I would just love to hear about your business model. And for someone who's listening right now, who's like, you know what? I really think that I could crush it in one of these behind the scenes role, or I'm a really good writer. And I never even thought about copywriting. Tell me like, how do you make money? (laughs) Yeah. So our business is really interesting because we kind of are both. So we have two sides of our business. There's like the personal brand side where we have our own like coaching programs and courses and templates that is very consumer facing and we sell. And then there's the behind the scenes agency sides. We're a boutique agency and we basically just meld into other people's businesses. So you just kind of absorb us. We write your stuff. We help you sound awesome. And that was actually where I started. So I actually started as a freelance copywriter and I was just kind of hopping around being like, oh, I could do this project or I could do this thing. And I loved it because it didn't require me to actually like (laughs) go get a job. You know, like if this was my job, like I didn't have to go work for anybody. I got to work with people. And it's really about finding like what you love best. So for me, I love both. I love being behind the scenes of businesses, like the amount of insight that we're able to get into launch strategy because we work on these launches with these big partners is just amazing. And you can set up your business in that way where you're filling a need that people don't typically have filled, right? So a lot of people in this space, they don't have full-time copywriters on their team. They don't have that position. They sometimes have an assistant writing it or, you know, their integrators handling it, or they've been doing it themselves and they're just getting to the point where they want to outsource. And so that's where a copywriter comes in and is really helpful. And you can do that in a way where you're not working full-time for the brand because they don't need you full-time. Like they might not need you all the time. It might not be something that they need. They don't have that many copy needs. So that's really how I started to get started is I looked at, okay, where in these businesses do people most need copy? Where can I help them? And we've structured our packages around that. That makes so much sense. And we just talked about this on our previous episode when we were talking about the behind the scenes of our launch. We were giving an example of a service-based business. And that is one really cool thing about if you start in that place or have that leg of your business is you get that direct contact. Like You know all the best launch strategies in conversion copy and Facebook ads and emails and things like that because you're behind the scenes doing that for someone. And then you can take that and you can teach someone that or you can use it in your own business. And it's just like front and center like amazing opportunity to really connect and learn those things firsthand. I'm so curious too, just because like our whole business is about helping people start businesses and to like understand different business models. So of all of the different legs of your business, which one is like your main revenue generator? Definitely our done for you copywriting service. That is our main revenue generator. We are incredibly blessed in that it's all referral-based. So you just get some great referrals, but it's, it's what carries our business and it's always been what carries our business. Well, you are maybe blessed, but you're also very talented if people are giving you all those referrals. And I mean that because that Thank is you. like, I always take that as the biggest compliment to any of my businesses is referrals. That's just a huge compliment. And it's crazy because people will pay a lot of money for someone else to write for them. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Yes, they will. um, It's so surreal. Every time I like look back on what we've been able to accomplish as a brand. And like, I think about, you know, 
21 year old Kate going to work for an agency, not understanding that people would actually like pay her to write. And I'm just like, it's wild. Like it's wild. And it's really, really cool. You know, what's so interesting too. We have a ton of teachers and people that are just looking for something else aside from what they're doing right now. Like where would you send someone that's interested in like dabbling or starting as a copywriter? Ooh, that's such a great question. There are so many resources out there. I really liked Copy Hackers, which was a really great like website that you can do some learning on. You can also list your profile. Like if you're looking to learn how to write, go take a self-study course on how to do copywriting. If you're looking to get some clients, go see if there's someone in your local community who has a business who needs help with their website or their blog or their emails. It's amazing how many people don't want to write. If you want to write, there is so much business out there for you. Yeah, it could truly be as simple as like your favorite small business might need some help. Like I've seen that happen so many times where people will just pitch me and I'll be like, actually, I could really use that help. Like, show me what you got. Yes, that's actually how I got started. So when I started freelancing, it was because someone I knew had this massive website and was like, I need someone to help me with the blog copy. Are you freelancing? Do you have spare time? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I thought it'd be a cool way to, you know, polish off my skills, try new work, make some extra money because I, you know, was working full time at the time in an entry level job. So I was like, yes, please help me out. And then I met someone else who had a small business here in Atlanta and they needed help with some website content. And that's how it starts is just looking in your community, honestly. And who do you know? It's so true. And if this is connecting with you and you're like, I think I could be a good copywriter, like just getting started. I can tell you that copywriting is one of the most well-paid behind the scenes jobs that there is. I mean, in past businesses that I've run, we've paid anything close to like 200 to a thousand dollars per email. So imagine you have a 20 email launch sequence or something like that. Like this is a really powerful amazing skill to learn that really can be a good revenue source for a lot of people if you're talented at it. And so as we continue talking about the juicy stuff here, I would love to hear your best tips on talking about copy that sells and that's conversion copy. And it's kind of its own thing because it's different than someone who's maybe writing a blog post, for example, like talking about something from the heart or just like, you know, maybe just like an info-based post versus like you want someone to take an action and that action is that you want them to buy a product or to come into your product suite at some point. And so what are a few tips that you could offer for someone who's writing copy to get someone to purchase something? Yes. Okay. So I have two big things that you can do immediately. That's going to make your copy so much better. The first is to focus on the benefits of what you're offering, not the features. So a lot of people will look at, let's say they're selling a course, right? And they'll list all of the things that are included and they'll go into, you know, how their workbooks are like a hundred pages and this many modules and look at all of the stuff that I put in here to help you. But what they're not focusing on is what that stuff actually helps people do, which is the benefit. When you speak to the benefit of what you're offering, you're communicating the value. So whenever you're selling anything, think about the benefit. It's like sell the movie night, not the couch, right? We want to talk about What is this thing going to actually do for me? And then the other thing is a lot of times people think that great copywriting is about being catchy or cool or overly creative. 
And I always dash hopes and dreams when I say this, but really it's about being clear and concise. And sometimes when people hear that and they write that way, they look at their stuff and they're like, man, this is boring. And I'm like, but someone understands it. If you think it's boring, it's actually probably really great for conversion copywriting. That's not to say you can't be creative, but what happens is people sacrifice clarity in the name of creativity, which means someone's reading your sales email or heck, even listening to your Instagram story where you're talking about your offer and you're so focused on being creative, they're missing the actual value and what you're providing. Yeah. And that goes into naming programs too. Like, I feel like people are always like, oh, I'm going to think of this really creative name for a course or something like that. When it's like, people don't know what the heck that is. Like name it something clear versus something clever. Yes. What came to my mind is the real trend right now. Like everyone's doing these videos and I'm like, I don't know what the message is. The mm. message is buried. So it's like, you always want to bring that clarity, whether it's writing or anything you're doing. It's like, that is so, so important. Kate, I have to tell you, I've learned so much. Your last answer, I was like, shoot, I screwed that up in my last expecting an empowered sale. I <laughs> talked too much about the features and not enough about the benefit. So you guys like all of you, we are all still learning. We can all still do better. But Kate, I really want you to tell everyone where they can find more of you. Yeah. So we are everywhere on the internet at 23 North and co. So 23 North and co.com. We are on Instagram. I love Instagram. I probably love Instagram too much. I probably spend less time on Instagram, but we're there at 23 North and co as well. Kate, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited just to share your wisdom with everyone and truly appreciate you. Thank you for having me. 